0: Hey, community. In today's episode, the founder of Praise Charts, Ryan Dahl, sits down with Matt McCoy to talk about three things he wished he knew when he started leading worship. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. Glad to see you here. I'm your host, Matt McCoy, the founder of Loop Community, and today I'm going to be interviewing a very special friend of mine, Ryan Dahl. Ryan Dahl is the founder of the head, the chief innovator of praisecharts.com, an incredible resource um, that I'm sure your church has heard of and used, and if they haven't, you should definitely check them out and use them. You can find chord charts and orchestrations and tracks and basically every kind of worship resource you can think of for your worship ministry. So make sure you check out praisecharts.com. But I'm excited to talk to my friend Ryan today. We're going to talk about the three things that he's learned as a worship leader. He's been in the worship space for a long time. And so he's kind of seen it change over the years. And he's also you know, just has the experience under his belt. And so there's some things he's learned that we're going to dive into and talk about. So I'm looking forward to that. So if you guys have any questions at all, too, make sure you comment on the video. And we can uh, also feature some of those comments and ask questions live. So without further ado, here's Ryan Dahl. Ryan. Hello, Matt. Hey, man. <laughs> so good to oh, see you. Oh, it's so
1: cool to be on the other end of this. Normally, I'm on your side, uh, but uh, it's nice to be interviewed. So, I know. So uh, good to be on your show.
0: So glad you're here, man. You and I go way back. You're a good friend of mine. We talk all things worship and life and business, and I've just always really appreciated um, just the honesty and transparency of our conversations. And so I thought it'd be cool to actually have you on this show to have yeah. a little bit of that kind of conversation, but with a bunch of people watching. So be careful what you For say. For sure. But. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I do have to be careful, Matt, because you are seriously one of my closest friends is uh, definitely in the United States. You're the guy I call on when I need to talk about life. Things yeah. I'm excited about, things I'm frustrated about. So, yeah. uh-oh, we might be letting people into a very personal conversation here.
0: <laughs> I know. We maybe should have like, del- have like an audio delay on this so we could just yeah, like,
1: yeah. pause. But anyway, so
0: Ryan... You've been leading worship for a long time. How long have you been yeah. leading worship?
1: Oh, I think I would have started, you know, when I was maybe 17 or 18. I'm 51 yeah. now. So, I literally started when I learned the guitar. It was at a camp somewhere an hour, a couple hours away from here. They were all gathered around a fire. I borrowed a guitar, learned three chords. And I mean, everybody knows that's how you start leading worship. You just need to know three chords and have six strings and a pick and you're good to go. So.
0: Yeah, you're right. And so you got to just do it. how it all
1: started. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I brought, I almost, I forgot it at home. I was going to bring this record I found. I found this old vinyl and I was going to hold it up right here and yeah. show it to everybody. But it's this old vinyl of a Maranatha record that I think was maybe yeah. one of the very first Maranatha records ever. And yeah. I mean, I was going to show that just to sh- just to say that like it's amazing how much the worship industry and worship has changed over the years. Like obviously the technology has changed; we're not using records and vinyls anymore. But mm-hmm. the songs have changed, the styles, the types of instruments that are used in worship. You know, I remember when I first started leading worship in the early two thousands, or it was like even in like the late nineties, flute was kind of really popular and, and pretty normal to see in churches. And now you hardly ever see it.
1: Flute, saxophone, all those different instruments. You want to know a little secret, though, is just literally last week, I was browsing through Spotify and I stumbled upon some old Maranatha Praise Band uh, collections that are they're All this old music is in Spotify. And it was started making my heart like just murmur a little bit because it brings back the good old days. So I sent to my publishing manager. I'm like, make get clear all these songs and assign them to me and I will chord chart them because <laughs> yeah. I know the songs Yeah, and so I've got right now 70 songs assigned to me that are like old Paul Baloche and old early Integrity Maranatha stuff bringing you back Praise Band and uh, and I'll tell you something is we might think it's old but a lot of people are still singing those songs, because there's a, they're they're like classics. They're like the modern hymns of our of yeah. our era.
0: So well, it's interesting because yeah. some of those songs are my favorite songs ever. Like I play yeah. guitar every night. I play guitar and sing my two and a half year old daughter to sleep, and oh, nice. it, I love it because it's like this one moment in my day when yeah. I like just get to like worship on my own yeah. and just play this like old nylon guitar. And I'll tell you 80% of the songs I sing to her are these old Maranatha songs, yeah. like spirit song and blessed yeah, be the sure. name of the Lord God almighty. And
1: Yeah. Love it. Well, you know, that song, there's this Maverick city song that just came out called old church basement. Maybe you've yeah. heard about it. Do you know the song? It. Yeah. And it actually refers to, it sort of tells the story of the good old days uh there's lines in it like you know remember the days when no one was trying to get famous no one was trying to get signed we were all just a bunch of you know different cultures all meeting in a basement with a like the overhead projector yeah that's how i totally grew up and uh it was a day of of innocence and i think we're attracted to that so yeah totally
0: So share with us some of your wisdom, because you've seen it change over the years. And I I think you've you've done it for so long that you've got some little gold nuggets, I think, to share with us today of like, what are the three things that you've learned as a worship leader?
1: Okay, well, we'll just kind of start with one. And it's interesting, this whole conversation we've just been having is a perfect segue into the thing I feel most passionate about. In worship leading, so currently when I am leading worship, I'm not leading with lights and stage and all of that. My, I'm not a worship leader at you know on a church staff or anything like that right now. My most common worship leading experiences are actually in front of about twenty women who are part of a a shelter. They have either been through abuse or drug addiction or things like that. So there's an organization that I'm uh, a part of. And they regularly have me come and lead worship, so that's kind of one of the contexts. But the way I experience worship in that context is a way that I want to somehow convey that heart and that experience to, so that it's relevant in any kind of environment. Um, you know, whether you are in front of twenty people with no microphone or one microphone, or you are on stage in front of hundreds. The thing that that I really try to to convey in that environment is like an authentic expression of myself. So I come with songs that I've, you know, prepared and that I know. But there's kind of also a sense of these girls don't just need me singing a bunch of popular songs. They they need to, you know, I mean, just even thinking about that experience where these girls have been Abused by men, perhaps you know, and I'm a man leading worship to them, or or maybe they've gotten into you know a bad kind of social environment or whatever their story is, and and I just thinking like I need to not hide behind some popular song, some track, some you know lights, whatever, all of the stuff that that uh, can kind of you know the stage, all of these sort of artifacts that stand in between who I am as a person and who I'm leading. So so that's really like the heartbeat of the story that I feel passionate about is is that when you're called to be a worship leader, we're not just a conveyor of, you know, a song. Like we're we're still a person in that experience and we we have a story, we have a heart we, you know, there's an authentic, you know, perhaps even broken part of us that needs to kind of shine through because that's how people connect. That's how their walls get broken down. And mm-hmm. and I've kind of experienced that where I go in and I'm not quite sure what to expect, but I start to let some of my guard down in front of them. And then together, we have this experience where after a half an hour, feels like, Wow, the Lord just came and met, met all of us. And it wasn't like this top down Ryan, you know, leading worship or kind of thing. So, so anyways, just a couple of points that I want to sort of bring out about that. And this gets very, very practical. My, my first point, and I've, I've written them down. So if I'm looking off screen, I'm, I'm referring to things that I've, I've thought about, but taking time to think about your first 30 seconds when you come on worship. This is one of my pet peeves, and let's talk about this a bit, Matt. Maybe you experience this well, but I feel a little bit nauseous when I see a worship leader come on, and it's just like, Hey, everybody, welcome to church! Let's worship! And then, boom, the band starts, and it's like, what? Like, I don't even know who you are, or... What just happened? You know, suddenly within seven seconds, the lights came on, the countdown finished, and we're just driving. And yeah, I don't know, it's like, it's, it's alarming. And maybe sometimes that's the appropriate thing to do. But yeah. I kind of ask, where was the chance for me to, I don't know, just engage with that person who's singing that song? Who is that person? Yeah. You know, that's a question that I'm asking. What do you think about that?
0: It's kind yeah. of laziness almost, I think. Because right. I think we can get stuck in a rut where you kind of, well, you spend your whole week planning the worship set. And I think that first 30 seconds or 20 seconds at the beginning of a set, you typically don't spend much time during the week planning that. And we, yeah. we kind of overlook that. And that probably is one of the most important parts, like the welcome, like the setting the tone. Right. Of like, who are we and what are we here to do? and Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, like like, let's get really practical. Just what this could look like is first of all, spending time preparing and thinking about what you want to say. So you're saying something meaningful and maybe a bit, you know, personal or at least reflecting of who you are. So it seems authentic or it is authentic. And then, and then telling your band, okay, listen, I'm going to come out and we're going to just. Bands just start on the one four five or just the one four back and forth. Just create a little space. We're not going to start the track yet, and I'm just gonna like look at people and and give me a few moments just to breathe and um, create that sense of I am really here. I'm not just a conveyor of the top forty song list, you know, of our church or something like. I am a person. I am your worship leader your worship pastor uh, sometimes i have you know shared just a quick little story or a quick little i don't know sometimes it's a bit funny sometimes it's a bit personal it's it's all based on the context but um i want to be a person right yeah. I'm not just a song singer
0: so yeah And we can kind of forget that people, you know, we don't know their stories. They maybe had a very stressful time getting their kids ready, loading them into the car, spilling coffee on their shirt, kids screaming in the back, whatever, running into church, you know, getting their kids checked in. I mean, it's a chaotic thing. And then they finally walk into the auditorium, countdown's going down, you know. And I do think that there does need to be some space. Like space really does just kind of let things settle. Let's people calm down. And kind of just refocus of like, okay, yeah. what are we doing? But you're, but you're right. Those first 20 seconds of the worship set are so important. Mm-hmm. And we don't spend time planning imagine, it. And we should plan this, it.
1: this, Matt. Yeah. Imagine this. What if you as a worship leader had that chaotic experience coming to church with your wife? The kids were all crazy or, or whatever. But like, what if you revealed that? I mean, what would that do if someone was being led by a guy who was like, "Oh my goodness, he just let me in." I just had that experience, and I felt felt terrible. I felt like a terrible mom, and now my worship leader. I just getting shivers in my spirit right now, just as I'm I'm sharing that with you. Like, what would that do if you started to just peel back the guard and let people know that, you know, you're on the same stage even the physicality some of us were 6 feet up on this stage there's so many physical separations of i am under the spotlight i'm on a stage i'm behind a microphone it's just like we got so many barriers to break through to somehow convey i am on the same stage yeah. as you and we are together worshiping and and it's the first 30 seconds and there's no template for it. It's like, who are you? You know, yes. how are you going to cut through that? So. And
0: I've found that if you do it right in the beginning, it changes yeah. the whole dynamic of whether right. it's going to be a spectator situation right. where people just watch the worship or whether yeah. they're really joining in into worship yeah. with you. And I feel like when you yeah. kind of relate to them as like a real person.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: They're right. much more willing to then just follow you and go with yeah. you into the worship set instead of just watching.
1: Yeah, and people don't want to see that you've got it all together. Somehow, if you can even yeah. leak out that, like, I don't have it all together, and that, yeah, that who is that person? I can't remember her name. The the vulnerability, you know, she Brene speaks. Brown. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. It's like the the whole vulnerability thing. I think is is important and you don't want to overdo it or you don't want to use use it but but you want to be authentic i just yeah feel like
0: it is it's vulnerability important. it's all there is something sometimes charming about uh self-deprecating but not yeah. like self-deprecating like bringing too much attention to yourself but it, but i think it yeah. maybe more of is just vulnerability being like hey i'm a human yeah. It does look like I'm yeah. up here like a rock star on stage, but I'm just like you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I've good. Had
1: Ryan. where I've I've shared uh, once shared a story about you know I was cutting my lawn and dealing with the weeds and I don't know I made some relationship of that to to worship or I just try to sort of convey like I'm. I'm like you i am i live an a life, a normal yeah. life i I have stresses, I'm on the same platform it's It's not me to you, it's us to god and yeah, and we just need to take time to think about how we can shift the atmosphere so that people don't like idolize the worship leader Because this can happen in especially in our generation like in the nineties. It, it was just, you know, three chords and a guitar and a songbook, right? But today we've got to battle through the production, which is great and awesome. But let's be intentional about breaking through with things that can't be produced, the authentic self. So,
0: yeah, being yeah. intentional, knowing like who's in your audience, and maybe realizing that there may, they may not be like completely ready to jump right into a worship set because you said, hey, everybody, stand up, let's sing. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. I've actually found it's it's good too, just to like maybe even just be like, hey, you know, this morning, not sure where you're at, but let's just like close our eyes, maybe put your hands out, and let's just right. let's just pray together, like God. Oh yeah, you know, we're here to worship you this morning, and you know, we're yep. coming off of highs and lows. Some of us, you know, help yep. us just to focus on you, and I think that helps yep. then get everybody on like a level like playing ground, playing field of like, okay, now we're ready to worship. Yep. Can't totally make a subject leader with
1: you, Matt. That's exactly it. So my my second point, which I realize we've kind of already talked about, but but I just to the it the first was about the first thirty seconds, and then the second was just don't be afraid to show your human side and and being a person, being not just being a song leader. Um, it's very important to me to to think of yourself like a worship leader is a life leader. Uh, so you got to find ways to like let your life leak through. We're not just musicians. We're not just groove makers. We're not just track followers. We're like, we're life leaders. So um, do I don't know. Like, what do think that mainly
0: is coming across by the things you say on stage? Or do you mean even outside of like when you're not on the stage?
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like we have to... Approach the stage as a consummation of who I am, as a as a person. So it it's, uh, yeah, it it can't be all about the twenty minutes because we do have certain songs to lead, and there's only so much time, and I can't make it a big, you know, personal, like exploratory time. But but just thinking of ourselves as life leaders, because. You know, in scripture, when it talks about worship, the real worship is, is our lives, right? It's not the songs we sing. It's the life that we live after the song that we sing. That's the real worship that God's looking for. So just need to kind of keep reminding ourselves that if I'm a worship leader, it's a life leader. And then it's how do these songs reflect and express life things? Mm. So, um, it's, it's like a mindset you know um, yeah. that I think is really important to have So
0: that is really good what else you've got
1: okay well the third one is is again this is related to the whole life thing is, is thinking about what's actually going to make a difference in someone's life after all the songs are sung after all the chords are wrapped at the end of the service it's trying to like this is something I try to intentionally think about as I'm leading worship. Uh, sometimes I'll, at the end, I'll get into uh, a song where I can kind of loop through a few chords, and even I can kind of think about what have we just gone through? What are the songs we just sung? And what is a like a morsel that I can just re-emphasize and have people hold on to? So I'll give you like a real practical example is uh there's that song what's the cody Carnes song uh dun, 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 dun. i just nothing lost else the name of the song. Uh, no not nothing else it's the other uh, to the one. father no <laughs> is that him i don't
0: even know
1: we're gonna play a game here it's it's help me matt someone around me uh get your instrument in what's the how does it go in christ the christ song um uh, oh, I should, I'm uh, gonna have to look it up because this is very important. Christ! <laughs> oh, it's Cody Carnes. It's his biggest song, Matt. We should know this. Christ. I'm gonna have Great. to. Be Christ be magnified. Oh, Christ! Matt, oh. Matt, 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 Matt! You should know this. I should know this. Okay. Anyways, the oh, point Christ being... Be and I, it's just when I get nervous if I'm online or whatever, I I lose my memory. So I know the song, but that. That phrase, Christ, um, oh, Christ be magnified, Christ be magnified, I just kind of felt like that could be a phrase that the girls that I was leading in that particular circumstance, they could say that phrase throughout the day. And it would be like a way of carrying the 20 minute or 30 minute time of worship i had with them and it and trying to make it meaningful after the worship was done so the like the, yes. the whole main point of this is and this is all it's all really like mindset i don't have um formulas for this it's more like how you think about is the worship time this 30 minutes or is the worship time how this 30 minutes catapults into the life we Live afterwards, and what are the phrases that people are gonna remember? Um, what will they be singing on Monday or Tuesday during lunch or doing coffee hour? And I like literally made this explicit, uh, you know, just in a conversational way as I was leading worship. And I said, I just said that song, Christ be magnified. Like, you can take those three or four words and they can impact. The rest of this day, or the rest of this week, if you say that, imagine like the the Christ is hearing you say that—that that inner cry, that inner prayer. So, um, a lot of the songs that we sing have morsels of truth in them. That mm-hmm. the power of them is when they get recreated and repeated throughout the week. And and the reason for the melodies that are so catchy is so that we will replay them in our lives through the rest of the week. That's why it's not so that we can just have this emotive experience for 20 minutes. The reason why we need hooks and melodies and kind of an emotional experience, it's like it burns an impression on us that Reverberates through the week. Do you see that kind of mindset that I'm trying to
0: totally. trying
1: to uh, convey? And if and if worship as worship leaders can go into it thinking about that, like what's going to last past this 20 minutes? I mean, if, if if enough pastors would even remember that when they preach to think, yeah, what is anybody going to remember in five days? Probably one or two lines, maybe mm-hmm. if that. So if I was ever preaching, and I haven't done a lot of preaching, but I would be like, "That's all that really matters is what this all has to convey down into something that can be remembered and, and have an actual life impact." So that's
0: so good. Worship man.
1: is like that it- too. Is uh, I just uh, and um, think of songs as as offering up these kind of morsels, these phrases. That are packed with truth, that are life impacting, and are meant for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So yeah, yeah.
0: And that really is the difference between pastoring and worship versus just right. seeing yourself as a song leader. And I think a lot yeah. of worship leaders can easily just get into this, like, hey, I'm just I put the set list together like a Spotify playlist, basically, and you press play and right. it goes through. Yeah. And that actually is pretty easy. It doesn't require a lot of uh yeah intellectual like skill i right. think to do that but yep. it's those little pastoral moments in between the songs after yep. the set before the set that i think are what really drive it home and make something memorable you know a week later mm-hmm. and keeping that message very simple mm-hmm. like it's kind of just like any great marketing campaign really like the way yep. that you get someone to remember something is you don't give them like a whole paragraph of text and have right. them memorize that you give them a little slogan a little yep. just simple thing that you want them to remember. Is enough. And yep. if you just pounded that home, like if we use the o Christ be magnified example, if yep. you just pounded that home yep. throughout your entire worship set, maybe you yep. intentionally picked songs that actually call all kind of have that theme to it. And yep. then maybe in between each song or something, like you, you do something that is like you're coaching them, you're pastoring people into that, like Christ be magnified. You know, re- yep. repeat that, you know. Yeah. God in my life I be magnified. Air- in my work, be magnified.
1: Yeah. I have uh you know, I've gone to church with my, my kids and one of my one of my sons who's like an older teenager, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where you look at your teenager standing in church and it's like the blank face while worship is going on and going, Oh man, it's like is anything breaking through or cutting through? But I want to tell you this: is that same son at two o'clock in the afternoon was down at the piano in my basement playing and singing the songs that went on on Sunday morning, and and then continued through the like all he ever wants to do is play worship songs, you know, at at the piano. But so I just kind of say that as an encouragement to go. Sometimes the the impact that we have as worship leaders isn't actually in the moment in the 20 minutes of the service it's it's the ripple that plays mm-hmm. out um after and and i definitely experienced that just seeing you know wow the so that's really it takes planning. really important
0: perspective it really does yeah. take planning and i would say like if you're spending an hour picking your songs you yeah. should spend twice that amount picking and writing out what you're actually going to say and what the message is right. you're trying to drive home.
1: Right. Thinking that through.
0: Yeah. Not everybody is really, really great at like, just like, hey, I'm going to get up on stage and just say whatever's coming to my mind and it's going to be impactful. Not yeah. not everybody has that, sc- that skill. I know that I would need to like get up. I know I would need to actually write it out. Like, what am I going to say? Like, what am I, what's like an intentional like verse we can read together or like some sort of like yeah. congregational response thing we could do together or. Mm-hmm. That would make it mean There's
1: before. that element, but Matt, there's there's also an element of just reorienting how you see yourself as a worship leader, so that so that you can be a real and present person in front of people. And so, yeah, you can yeah. plan a scripture, or and and that can be important too. But it's also important that it's like you reframe. Who I am as a worship leader, and then you're listening and you're present It's like uh, this conversation that you and I are having i didn't rehearse all of the words I'm having a conversation with you because of how i've like how I've oriented myself towards you, and I decided that I wanted to speak passionately about some of these things with you, and then out of that this this real conversation is unfolding, right like we're yeah. connecting here. So, um, so that that kind of orientation is is important. It's like a mindset shift because it's almost like if you're too prepared, uh, yeah. you know, kind of technically, it's then scripted. it doesn't come across quite the same. Too too scripted. So it's that balance. Uh, I'm I'm certainly saying be prepared, but but also orienting our ourself and and uh, so. I how wanted does the to worship leaders this well? begin
0: to. How does a worship leader begin to do that?
1: And, you know, I think of someone like Paul
0: Balash, who's really, really good at this. What you're saying, Paul is like a master at. Exactly. I I would definitely say
1: I've been impacted. (laughs) Well, I would say one is exactly what you just did by identifying Paul Balash. Like, I watch him. I listen to him. I observe him. I've sat under his worship leading, and I thought to myself, I want— to be like that. I want I want to be real and authentic. Very so real. It, it like pours into my spirit, you know. I mean, not everybody can do this, but for me, even personally, I've become a friend of Paul because I really like him. You know, yeah. I, I want him to sort of pour into my, my spirit, but you don't have to. Not everyone can become his, his friend, but you got to find people that you admire and and watch and observe and like soak it in it it's not going to be oh, i'm going to write find a book and figure out this perfect thing to say or something like that it's got to go deeper into our into our spirit so um that word That's, nuance it's it's there's nuance to it that <laughs> you would you know, say almost yeah
0: th- it, and it's almost coming down to, like, you know, you have to be careful, then, who, you, who you're who you copying. <laughs> you know, yeah. we had Jason Houtsma on here last week, and he, we were talking about, how do you get better at your instrument? And he was just saying, like, you know, you find someone who's really good at their instrument and copy what they're doing. I think right. maybe some of the problems is that worship leaders who have this mindset that are very much, like, performance-oriented, they're copying mm-hmm. <laughs> worship leaders that are performance-oriented. And maybe they're not looking for, like, the Paul Balasches and copying mm-hmm. that.
1: Yeah, copying that or just admiring that Paul is being authentic as an expression of himself and I want to be an authentic expression of myself. So, yeah. so who am I? Like what happened to me this week? How did I how did I feel this week? What was I thinking about? You know, what was I doing? What are some normal things that I can maybe express that would help break down some barriers? Yeah. Um, and then, how is that appropriate? Am I leading fifteen people in a living room, or am I leading a thousand people on a big stage? It's it's different. There's so many different yeah. um, variances, but
0: yeah, it's less. It's not copying. Way. I hate yeah. the word copying. It's nope. more of like inspiration. Nope. It's who's inspiring you, who is influencing yeah. you to yep. become the your better self. Yep. As a worship leader. Yeah. Ryan, that's good, man. And,
1: you know, I wanted to say this, Matt, is I think it's good that you and I are having this conversation because talk about making it easy for people, almost too easy, is you and I are the culprits of that. Like, I make the <laughs> yeah. charts, you make the tracks, people can press play, print, and boom. So, you know, that's why I like to back that up with a conversation like this and go, here's, you know, we're living off of mm-hmm. creating these, resources that are meant to make life so easy for worship leaders. And yet part of maybe my mission, my, you know, my message is because that is easy. Now you could take a little extra time to, to think, (laughs) you know, to contemplate, rest. You don't have to go in to Sunday morning Just blazing papers flying everywhere, and the tracks Mm. are wrong, or what? Like all those things can be in place so that you can pastor people, shepherd people, be a person. Um, I can't sell you a chart that will convey who you are as a person. You can't put that on a track. It it is not quantifiable. All I can do is encourage you to to be that person and. Um, I I believe that the transforming power of worship leading is, uh, it's like a divine kind of human connection, right? God wants to use our story, ourselves, who we are. He's not looking for some, you know, perfectly polished person. All that does is create, um, it creates this gap, this space, this hard to identify and I'm telling you, I mean, I go to church sometimes with my kids and we'll come home and have lunch and the kids are like, oh, I just could not relate to that worship leader. They, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm just saying it comes across if if you don't look authentic, right? So that impacts people.
0: What is it that they they usually (laughs) don't relate to?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it's like, I i think it's, it could be just the, maybe just, it's just the delivering of the song. It's just, they're just song yeah. singers, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to define that. Yeah, it is. Because it's so subtle. It's so subtle, and people are going to be listening to us. Be so frustrated. They're like, here they are talking about all this, but they're not giving me anything. I want, I want, a, I want three points to solve yeah. this. Um, you gotta got to want it. You got to want to be an authentic person. It that's where it starts. Is if you don't want it, if you just want to impress, whatever, you know the church yeah. if you want to be like the latest rock star then you'll be that but if you want if you want that um authentic yeah connection with people you
0: have to want it and you can't just buy it and download it like it really right. is you know exactly. and maybe there's there's times when maybe you should just pause the tracks stop the tracks yep. maybe go off chart right. go off script right i do like that. Oh, yeah. that that was definitely challenging to me of like you know yeah maybe you don't have to script out everything Cause that is the authenticity part of it. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. Really good. Brian, this has been a good conversation. Thanks for joining us, man. I hope so.
1: I feel like I've kind of scrambled around and wandered with some thoughts and I don't have everything. I, I kind of had a place in my life where I'm more comfortable with some of the angst and less clear answers. It's just maybe a season of life that I'm in. It's, it's, I don't want to give simple, like, honestly, my, my big pet peeve is three point sermons that all start with the letter C. I'm yeah. like, life is not that simple. You know, yeah. life is complex. It's rich. It's deep. It's right. Uh, so let's wrestle together like you and I have here. And, um, you got to be able to just
0: have the base. conversation Mm-hmm. and yeah. be okay with some of the tension of like, you know, we got to just, we got to figure it out. You know, we're all doing our best. And there's, yeah. there's not an easy answer for any of it, but it is, yeah. it does come down to like a heart, just like desire. Like you have to yeah. want to be authentic, yeah. want to be yeah. known.
1: Yeah. Right. So want good. to be yeah. a good, want to be known. That's great.
0: Yeah. Want to be a good pastor and not just a yeah. song leader. Yeah. And yeah. we all want to be great musicians and great singers and musicians. Yeah but there's got to be something a little deeper than that, right? Yeah.
1: You got to want the other, the other as well. You got to want the thing that you can't download and then you can't get from a website or you know
0: yeah. or anywhere. Hey, so if one I of us like can start it. a website that sells
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> no. i do not going to be part of it. <laughs> other than let's have conversations like this that are free. Yeah. Just come and listen to two guys Chatting together, trying to pursue a little bit more of an authentic expression uh, and right. encourage people that way. So that's what we're about.
0: All right, Ryan. Good to see you, man. Okay.
1: Good. You're a good friend. Appreciate you a lot. And all you do at Luke Community, we celebrate all that you guys are doing. And uh, I feel like it's so great how we can partner together in and cooperate and fan yeah. each other's flame. Uh, I feel like we're kind of redefining how how even this resourcing can be done. You know, we we team up, worship innovators. We got like, a I don't know, 12 other guys and gals. We're all on team with each other.
0: I was thinking right. the other day about the dinner we did together. Yeah, right. Down in right. South Carolina or wherever that was. Yeah, was, it was just yesterday that, that came to my mind. I thought, that was so cool that mm-hmm. we uh, could do that together. You know, bringing people from the industry together. and yeah co-hosting it
1: right special yeah, it was fun alright Ryan make sure that. you
0: guys check right. out praisecharts.com if you have not done that that is where you go to get yeah. amazing chord charts orchestrations tracks maybe <laughs> <laughs> go patches. to the community for tracks we're good yeah, for right. that we're good for that but there's All a right.
1: lot of stuff you cannot download at praise charts so and yep. that's the important stuff
0: right <laughs> Thanks, man. Love you, man.
1: Okay. Love you, too. See you then. Bye.
0: All right. What an awesome conversation with Ryan. Man, I just love talking with him. That is a little snippet of what even even my phone calls with Ryan are kind of like when we're just... When I'm walking home from the train or something and we're talking about life, that's a little bit like it is. And so it's kind of fun to be able to do that with a live audience. And uh, make sure you guys check out praisecharts.com. Really great resources there. And hopefully... This talk was encouraging or inspiring uh, to you. You know, I know there weren't like a lot of straight up answers, but that's okay. We're just talking about the struggles and the things that worship leaders face, and we're really trying to bring some fresh content to you guys in these Loop Live shows. So we've got a bunch of really great interviews lined up for the rest of the summer. They're gonna be on our podcast, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere you can imagine, and uh, it's gonna be great. If you guys have any suggestions, any comments. If you want to just write down, maybe, maybe just write down in the comments now, like what, what's one thing from this talk that you walked away with? What's one thing that you learned or you felt inspired by? Write down in the comments what you thought it would mean a lot to us. And we'll see you at the next Loop Live. This is Matt. Thanks for listening. Hey, let us know what's the main thing you
1: learned from today's talk. Write it down in the comments, send us a DM. We hope to hear from you soon.